Welcome to Council 4 Unplugged, and I'm Larry Dorman of Council 4. We are proud to represent 30,000 workers in the public and private sector across this great state of Connecticut. Today, we are going to talk about the future of the University of Connecticut Health Center and an effort to keep this public hospital for the public good. Our guests are Dr. Janice Oliveri, an assistant professor of medicine, Dr. Elizabeth Apple, also an assistant professor of medicine at the Health Center, and Christy Francesco, communications specialist at the University of Connecticut Health Center. Janice and Elizabeth are members of the University of Connecticut Health Center AAUP Union, American Association of University Professors, and Chris is a vice president of University Health Professionals, AFT Local 3837. Welcome to you all, and thanks for being on. Going to throw it to you, Elizabeth, first. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on? Well, my understanding is that about a year ago, a proposal was put out um, through the legislature to find a um, private partner, which to me um, meant any one of an entity, a hospital, um, venture capital group, um, a national group that would come in find our large group attractive and um, partner with us. And Chris, uh, if you could follow up on what Elizabeth just told us, um, why is that a bad idea? Well, it, it has the potential to be a very bad idea. There are probably some ways where it might not be the worst thing in the world, but uh, I think we have to really be vigilant about keeping an eye on how this is developing because you do have the potential to basically section off the most profitable, I'm using air quotes, parts of Yukon Health um, that a, perhaps a private entity might be interested in. And then what does that leave behind? And you combine what's left behind with the unfunded pension liability and the fringe differential and all these economic strains on Yukon Health and it doesn't bode well for the future of the institution. Janice, let me ask you, um, you're a primary care physician, so I imagine, as is Elizabeth, um, and, and that's uh, the membership of the, of the health center's AAUP um, bargaining unit, this must alarm you from the standpoint of somebody who treats people, who interacts with people, and, and helps them through difficult medical situations. So how is this potentially um, troubling for you and, and for the patients you treat? Yes, it's very troubling. I think these partnerships can work when you have a free market system of supply and demand, but medicine is not like that. So Medicare sets the rates, and then the private insurance sets their rates based on Medicare rates. And if you get a private company come in, they're looking for profits. And there is no way they can make more profits because we can't charge people more for our services. So what happens is they look to cut services. And that could be very detrimental to our population. So my understanding, and, and anyone, one of you can chime in here, my understanding is the uh, legislature uh, basically uh, allowed University of Connecticut Health Center to fill a mandate to look at private partners and uh, to deliver an assessment of how that search went. Can any of you update us on, on where that stands right now? Well, I think that's part of the problem, Larry, is there isn't a whole lot of information available on that. Um, UConn Health leadership had publicly declared 
that organized labor would be one of the stakeholders and would be at the table. Um, whether that promise has been fulfilled, that's subject to some debate depending on whom you ask. Um, but what we can, what we do understand is that there was a certain number of responses to the request for proposals that went out last year. And it's my understanding that all of them were rejected out of hand. Some of them were completely eliminated, and then there are a few remaining that, uh, uh, okay, maybe there's something here, maybe, maybe you can help can make kind of a counter proposal based on what those are. But I'm flying blind telling you about this because mm -hmm. I'm not at the table, UHP leadership isn't at the table, I don't think your leadership is at the table in terms of these inner circle discussions as far as you know, who the players might be, what the potential options are, how far along are we in the process, and what the implications would be for the workers and, more importantly, for the patients we serve. Right, and my understanding, too, and just if you read a newspaper and follow the media, there have been a couple of reports that essentially uh, there were six or seven private companies um, that looked into this. Uh, Yukon Health essentially could not find, I hate to use the word, but they couldn't find any suitors. Um, yet they're still persisting or they're still continuing to look. Is that a, an accurate um, assessment from what all of you know? Yes, I do think that they're trying to change the proposals. So instead of outside groups sending us a proposal, uh, Dr. Aguanobi wants to come up with his own proposal and see if anyone you know, would like to partner with us on more of our terms. But to be honest, we really didn't have that many um, suitors, as you say, exactly. because of this unfunded pension liability from years back. And that's a, a real problem. If you look at even the most efficient healthcare system in the country, their profit margins only uh, under 3%. So it's a very small uh, profit margin, unlike other businesses. And if you have a $40 million unfunded pension liability every year, where are you going to get that money from? So we, we really haven't had many viable um, partners from what I can tell from the meetings I went to with Dr. Aguinobi because of that. Right, but even putting all that aside, the, I think the, the, the troubling idea here is that we have a, um, a cherished public institution and there is a, some very intensive and unfortunately private discussion going on about putting it into the hands of essentially a, a healthcare corporation or uh, some kind of investment firm. And that just seems on the face of it really troubling. Can you uh, react to that, Elizabeth? Yeah, that, that's uh, generally my sense. I have not attended any meetings mm. with Dr. Aguinobi, uh, so I may not yeah. have. And this is the, her. he's essentially the CEO of, of the University of Connecticut Health Center. So I have concerns because I. I came to UConn to, you know, practice uh, in a state uh, institution where I didn't have to segregate out patients who had Medicaid or who were private payers. I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. I had specialists I could just call up, and I never had to wonder, worry about what payer they had, and they were going to wait for six months. So that's a delightful way to practice, and it's a delightful way to train um, students. Yeah, now, actually, you anticipated my next question for you, Elizabeth, and we're speaking with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Apple, Dr. Janice Oliveri, and Chris uh, DeFrancesco, all of whom work at UConn Health. Uh, why did you get into this uh, living? Why did you decide to make a living as a doctor, and why did you want to come to UConn? 
Oh, boy. Well, I'm at uh, the later stages of my career, so I'm going back, you know, 30 years. I practiced, I uh, did a public health program in Arizona in rural health, and so I worked with underserved groups um, from the public health arena, went to a public medical school. I was from Atlanta um, and chose a, a residency in an underserved area of Boston, so I practiced at what was then Boston City Hospital. Um, mm -hmm. When I came here, I chose to practice with a single-payer um, group, and um, we eventually merged 17 years ago, I believe, with, with UConn. Um, so I've never been drawn to the business aspect of medicine. Right, right. And uh, Janice, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Uh, what drew you into uh, primary care, and what drew you specifically to UConn Health? Well, I early on saw when I was a medical student, because I actually thought I was going to do one of the subspecialties, but I saw over and over and over again how prevention really was superior to intervention. And I thought if I really want to make an impact on people's lives, we should, you know, do the upfront work and prevent things, you know, up to 70% of, of chronic health care issues can be, you know, really eliminated if, if we did that. So that's one reason, that's probably the biggest reason why I chose primary care. I also love getting to know patients and, and mm -hmm. having that bond with patients, so that's a, yeah. a great part of it as well. But I was actually with uh, private groups for most of my career. In Connecticut? Uh, I was with Hartford Healthcare for oh, okay. 15 years, and before that I was actually with Berkshire Physicians and Surgeons. That mm -hmm. So I, I think part of my um, concern about this private partnership is when I was in the Berkshires, it was taken over by a management group, and within a few years it went bankrupt. And that mm. was a whole big disaster for patients, for sure, and for doctors as well. So that, that was an issue. I had trained here at UConn for my residency, so they offered me a job at Hartford HealthCare, and it's a fine institution, but I, I always felt a little bad. We didn't take Medicaid. We didn't, you know, the same sort of thing. It's like this this uh, care that some people get great care and others really don't get any. I do think now they've started to take Medicaid in certain situations, but not all the doctors. Right. And like Dr. Apple said, I like not having to worry about that and taking mm -hmm. care of the neediest patients and all mm -hmm. the great services at UConn. And, uh, you know, it costs money to do that, and a private entity is not going to look too kindly on, on that. Well said. Uh, Christy Francesco, how many years have you worked at UConn? Health. I have been here 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. And maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit, not only about your job, you're a communications specialist, mm -hmm. so I think you're essentially, part of your job is to help inform and, and tell the public and ed educate the public, right, about the good things going on here. Right. I'm, I'm actually a trained journalist, and I was a reporter before taking this job. And one of the things that drew me to this job was the ability to be able to tell stories. And there are lots of terrific stories here. And one of the things I get to do every day is find those stories and share them with the public or with our own people, with the community, with lawmakers, with prospective patients. We've got a lot going for us here, a lot of great stories to tell. And our work doing that really is never done. Um, but I think there are a lot of things that people don't understand about UConn Health and the value that it has to the community. I mean, one of our favorites is the, the adult sickle cell program, the only one in the state. Uh, sickle cell disease historically is one that you, you never really made it to adulthood. So there never had to be an adult right. sickle cell program before. Well, advances have let people outlive childhood and outgrow their pediatric care for sickle cell disease. 
and now we have an adult sickle cell program here. It's not a huge money maker. No one's getting rich off of it, but it's a vital public service. And that's just one example. I have a lot, but I know we don't have a lot of time. No, that's okay. But I actually did want to ask you, uh, your union is called University Health Professionals Local 3837, part of the American Federation of Teachers. Uh, who are some of the people in your bargaining unit? What kind of jobs do they do? Well, primarily, well, actually, if, if it's probably everybody but the doctors and the housekeeping staff right. is yeah. a probably a way to look at it. That includes the nurses, the physician assistants, the medical assistants, the clinical office assistants, people with desk jobs like myself, administrative support, people who work right. in the medical and dental and graduate schools, people who work in the dental clinics, um, a whole range of professionals. Interesting. And, you know, I, I definitely get the, the feeling and the vibe here talking to the three of you that uh, people who work here uh, not only care about what they're doing, but they do feel like they're part of a special public mission in serving the public good. Uh, and if any of you care to elaborate on that, because I do think that that's one of the things that makes this institution different. Well, the teaching component is also a big part of it. The mm -hmm. students are exposed to so many different clinics where they can, you know, practice their skills. And uh, we do the migrant farm clinic, and there's all, all kinds of different things. But, um, you know, those things take time. And when we're seeing patients and we have students with us, and I have students with me almost all the time now, it, it does slow you down a little bit. But you kind of appreciates that where in other places, you know, everyone, you know, wants your productivity to be up and, you know, you yeah. don't have time to talk to the students. And so if we're going to be producing the doctors of the future and we want them to stay here in Connecticut, um, keeping UConn uh, as a public entity really does benefit. We need doctors and uh, we do try to convince them to stay here in Connecticut. That's certainly one of the things I find uh, really great about UConn. And, and Elizabeth, I'm looking at a, a you know a marketing piece from the health center where it talks about teaching doctors, dentists, and scientists of tomorrow. And I mean that's what you do. Yeah, we have a busy practice in West Hartford. Um, we have eight physicians or seven physicians and a nurse practitioner. Uh, and like Janice, we have I would say I have students for three or four days a week. Um, they, I rely on it uh, on a very strong um, support team that belong to the, the other union and, and they come together and work very well as a team. They seem to have a single mission, which is to um, provide the best, friendliest care, high quality care. Um, they sort of help us while we slow down a little bit with the students and I would say I've had several students go into medicine or primary care uh, because they had a three-year uh, relationship with, I've done that for 18 or 19 years, but several of them have said, hey, I want to do primary care, probably like Janice's experience. So I, I think that would be significantly compromised in any um, private model. Yeah. Um, anyone, and one of you can weigh in on this, but... Um, what do we need to do? What should people do to help stop the Yukon Health Center from being taken over by a private for-profit corporation? What are some of the things that people can do? Chris? Well, it goes, it goes back to what I said before, telling stories, except instead of just me doing it, we all need to do it. We all need to tell anyone who will listen the work we do, why it's important, why Yukon Health is important, what the mission is to the public. And 
try to influence people who might influence decision makers like lawmakers, why it's important for them to support the public institution that we are and why we should maintain that. It's easy to look at, oh, there's another state employee complaining about uh, you know, the, the pension liability or, or causing the pension liability. It's easy to, but we right. need to change the narrative and explain, here's the value we bring to the state. Here's the value we bring to the community and to the future, whether it's keeping people well, training tomorrow's doctors, or finding the cures for tomorrow's disease. All of that we do. And I think what the public needs to know is if you take that unfunded liability away, which was generated a long time ago, uh, UConn is actually profitable or breaks even. We don't lose money. So right. that's an important thing. I think the public, you know, you just look at uh, taglines on you know the internet or, or right. the newspaper and you don't realize that. And so that's a big thing. And because we take care of this very vulnerable population and we keep them out of the ER, we keep costs down on the, the, you know, down the road because we're caring for chronic disease before it ends up in the ER. They need surgery or they, they need something else. So I think we would certainly, and I'm, I know we do, save money down the road when we could care for that population. And I know you would agree with that, Elizabeth. Oh, absolutely. And in terms of what I think we should do, I think this podcast, cast us um, very helpful for getting the word out. My staff, I said to my medical assistant, I'm going to go over and talk about this public-private partnership. What's that? People are very much in the dark. And she said, I would love to write my uh, legislator. Um, give me some te teaching points. So, um, you know, I think uh, the more I talk to my partners, they're really not very knowledgeable about what's going on. And so I think uh, we, as as UConn physicians and uh, anyone listening to this needs to talk about it. Any closing thoughts, Chris? Um, well, from a labor standpoint, I mean, we're, we're all here is for a union podcast. It's it, member engagement has a lot to do with it, and also community engagement and building alliances in the community. And that goes back to sharing our story and building those relationships. I mean. If this is a truly important thing worth fighting for, we need to find allies to, you know, march with us. And, uh, we need to preserve uh, this public institution for the public good. And I think that's the uh, motto, if I'm correct, of the, of the Union Coalition. Public institution. Yeah, public hospital for the public good. That's so one of them. I would please encourage, uh, it is a good motto, and... Um, Please contact your legislators if you're listening. Make sure they understand the importance of protecting UConn health. And so I want to thank our guests, Dr. Janice Oliveri, Dr. Elizabeth Apple, uh, Chris Francesco, all UConn Health Center employees. And uh, we also have a Facebook page, I believe, uh, for the UConn Health Center Labor Right, Coalition. the UConn Health Labor Coalition is now on Facebook. Right, so you can learn a little bit more about the, the good works being done by uh, UConn Health Center employees. So I want to thank you all. Uh, let's keep going and uh, working together. We will keep this institution where it belongs in public hands. So I want to thank you all. Thank, thank you, Larry. Thank you. And you have been listening to the Council for Unplugged podcast. I'm Larry Dorman. We'll see you soon.